Have you ever been confused by Medicare? Today, we're going to figure out how to keep Medicare working for you. This is Retirement Revealed, where Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you towards making smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into retirement income. Today, we're talking with Ari Parker about the three Medicare decisions to protect your health and money. Ari, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jeremy. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, this is going to be great. I'm especially excited because this is the first time I'm doing this where I've got several of our clients watching us record this live. So welcome to all you watching us live. We're talking Medicare, and I thought it was so timely. Medicare open enrollment starts October 15th. So here we are, October 13th, recording it. And I invited my clients to get the behind the scenes look, watch us record it live, uh, and of course, ask any questions. So some of the questions I see some come in already, a Q&A will be uh, showing up. We'll ask their questions live. Uh, so go ahead and start typing into the, the chat. I'm sorry, your Q&A uh, part of it there for any questions you have for me and Ari. And of course, this is publishing. You're probably listening to this uh, recorded as a podcast or on YouTube on November 1st. If you're listening, you still have a lot of time in the Medicare enrollment. So uh, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, but then also send questions you have for me or Ari uh, to podcast.kylefp.com and we can get those uh, out to you. All right, good. Well, Ari, uh, tell us about yourself and how you got into Medicare planning. Jeremy, I came to this in a roundabout way. I actually am a lawyer by training. And I saw how difficult it was for my parents to get help with their Medicare. My dad didn't sign up for Medicare on time. So he actually never signed up for Medicare Part B. He didn't have medical coverage, even though he was a doctor. And my mom didn't know what type of coverage to choose when she first signed up for Medicare. And so we realized, me and my two co-founders, that there was a big need for people to get help on making the right Medicare decisions. When you write about these uh, decisions and you mentioned your dad not signing up on time, uh, I've got a client that relates to me. And of course, uh, a lot of people that live in like Illinois, Ohio, I think Texas too, are kind of out of the social security system, but they're still in the Medicare system. Yeah. And so what happened for uh, this person's parents is they were told by HR or somebody, oh, you're covered because you have health insurance. You don't have to sign up for the, the Medicare. Well, it turns out they didn't need to sign up for Medicare. And by the time they did, like 25 years later, the the penalties and extra costs were were astronomical on there. And so it's just a, amazing how what you don't know can hurt you. Uh, what somebody told you incorrectly can hurt you. So that's that's exactly right now where you why you came up with this uh, business plan and you wrote a book. You wrote the book. Yes, called, yes. Uh, I wrote a short book on Medicare. Yeah, it's the called title It's Not is... That Complicated. And I'm just curious, how can you say Medicare is not that complicated? <laughs> it, it, it really isn't. It isn't. But one of the biggest misconceptions is that enrollment in Medicare is automatic. That's only the case if you're taking Social Security. If you're not taking Social Security, then it's something you have to affirmatively sign up for. And the time to do it is either three months before the month in which you turn 65, or if you or your spouse are working past age 65, then do it three months before you or your spouse intends to retire. Yeah, that three-month thing is helpful where I know that while you could file the month that you actually are eligible for, 
you can't get it. Like you can't get Medicare that exact month. Am I, am I correct with that? That's uh, there's a technicality here, but I wouldn't risk it. You yeah. technically would be able to sign up on the first day of the month, but you would need to do it in person. And it's a rigmarole. Some social security offices still aren't even open yet due to the public health emergency, which just ended in May. So I, I wouldn't risk it. I would do yeah. it in advance. And the time to do it is three months before the month in which you turn 65 or the month in which you intend to retire. Yeah. So that's going to answer one of our first questions that came in here, which is my birthday is at the end of August in 2024. So plan it ahead. That's good. When should I sign up for Medicare? And I'll answer a quick part of it first is uh, what I hear all the time is, oh, my, my Medicare starts on my birthday. So August you know, 25th. Uh, no, it actually starts the first of the month, right? So that's the first thing to keep in mind is that it's not your birthday, it's your birth month. So uh, this person's question, so August 1st is the first thing to think about. If your birthday is in August, August 1st is actually when Medicare, uh, I guess you're eligible for. But tell us, Ari, if your birthday is in August, when should you sign up for, for Medicare? May, three months before the month in which you turn 65. Yeah. So I yeah. would sign up for Medicare in May or June. And that way, as Jeremy mentioned, your coverage will begin August 1st. Now, there's an exception here if your birthday is on the first of the month. If your birthday falls on the first of the month, then you get Medicare a month early. So, for example, my birthday is February 1st. I would need to sign up before January 1 in order for my Medicare to take effect January 1st. That one's a little crazy. Uh, and I suppose, in a way, think. You know, thank goodness you get an extra month of Medicare, I suppose. Yeah, I'm but, looking forward to it. But man, you can really mess things up if you think, oh, I'm I'm going to sign up on February 1 and you show up. They're going to say you sign up a month late if you show up on February 1 to sign up, <laughs> right? Yeah, so if I signed up on February 1st, then I would actually get a March 1st effective date. Yeah, which is two months coverage. later than you could have. Yeah, Right, I, I wouldn't have coverage for the month of January or February. Yeah, th those are our main questions uh, that we're getting in is when do I sign up? Another uh, question that was emailed to me uh, when someone couldn't make it to our, our live show was, I turned 65 in January of 2024. When should I sign up? I think I know the answer. And I think he and I are going to be talking very soon. <laughs> yeah, right now is, is when they should sign up. Because yeah, we're taping this in October. Their enrollment period has started. Yeah, now is exactly as good a time it. as any to get it in. And there might be a government shutdown, which will affect processing times. I suppose, right? Get it in there. Good. Well, you're right. Uh, if you if you think through of just that three months early, know that it's on the first. Or of course, you gave a great example. Good for you being a Medicare person and having the first for a birthday. You can use yourself <laughs> as that example uh, on there. So the the kind of the enrollments, the three months ahead of time is something key to, to keep in mind. Uh, both yes. Another big question we get is, what are the three key parts to Medicare? Great question. The three parts that I write about in the book, it's actually what the book is organized around, is first, when to sign up for original Medicare. That goes three months before the month in which you turn 65 or three months before you intend to retire or your spouse does for that matter. The second key decision is how will you cover the 20% of out-of-pocket costs that Medicare doesn't. People think that original Medicare covers all of their costs. It only covers 80% of your medical costs. You owe the other 20% out-of-pocket. For example, my mom had a knee replacement over the summer. It's a $40,000 procedure in the Chicagoland area. She would have owed $8,000 out-of-pocket for the knee. She broke her elbow last month too. She's bionic. 
She would owe 20% for the elbow had she not had some type of additional coverage. The third and final decision is which plan to choose. People don't realize that there are hundreds of health insurance companies offering thousands of plans nationwide. Here at Chapter, we search every single one of them, zip code by zip code, county by county. It's all at the touch of our fingertips. We have a platform that allows us to search across all of these insurance companies' offerings based on what's important to you. And we go through your three Ps here, which I'm sure we'll touch on in just a bit. Yeah, it's interesting too, where I think so many people are thinking, well, which company is best? Mm -hmm. And they ought to flip things around. Like, do I go with, you know, Humana, United Healthcare? I'm just spouting some names off. It almost doesn't matter what you hear from anybody else, right? That really what's most important to you is what matters. And then you work backwards towards, well, here is the the plan and here is the, you know, here's the company and here's the, the plan that makes for you. And you mentioned Zipping County because it, it changes by Zipping County. <laughs> it does indeed. And yeah. people see a lot of advertising around Medicare. No time like right now, because we're approaching the Medicare open enrollment period and people could choose their favorite Medicare Advantage spokesperson. They see Joe Namath, William Shatner, Jimmy Walker. Joe Namath doesn't know your doctors. He doesn't know your drugs. And Joe doesn't know what's important to you. So don't choose a plan based on what's advertised off television. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, and speaking of the plans, that's really... I think where some of the confusion comes in where there's different pieces of Medicare, the the A, the B, the C, the D, mm-hmm. that's somewhat a decision, but it's, I think it's more of a knowledge thing. So just let's go through uh, those four parts, the, um, the A, the B, the C, the D uh, parts sure. of it. Sure. So you can picture Medicare as a three-legged stool and you need all three legs of the stool in order to have stable, comprehensive coverage. The first leg of the stool is hospital coverage. That's part A. The second leg is medical coverage. That's part B. The final leg of the stool is drug coverage, part D. D is in drugs. Yeah, and uh, what's interesting, that part D part, uh, that's not like you enroll through the government like you do A and B, right? That's more kind of, um, that's like a company's doing it for you. Yeah, so part A and part B come directly from the government, your red, white, and blue card. That's what you apply to enroll in. It's also called original Medicare. So part A and part B come from the government. And if you've worked 10 plus years or your spouse has, there's no monthly charge for Medicare part A, but there is a monthly charge for Medicare part B. It'll be roughly $175 in the upcoming year. Part D, you get through a private insurance company. That's your drug coverage. And with that private insurance company, I think another part of it that gets uh, interesting is this just decision between supplement versus advantage. And I think that's what you're talking about with how do you cover that 20% out of pocket? Uh, before I ask you the differences between supplement and advantage, which is probably our number two question people have after when should I roll? It's should I go a supplement uh, or advantage? Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that don't have either. I was looking this up, uh, 10 million people in America do not have an advantage or a supplement. Of course, here I am in, I'm in Wisconsin calling it supplement. I think 47 out of 50 states call it Medigap. So Medigap supplements, the same kind of thing. Uh, 10 million people in America do not have extra coverage from Medicare Advantage or Medicare Supplement. Why is that so dangerous? 
It's so dangerous because you owe 20% out of pocket and sky's the limit on what you might owe. To go back to the example of my mom, she would would have owed $8,000 for her knee plus 20% of breaking her elbow and getting a replacement, getting surgery on it. And that really adds up. And you owe that money out of pocket. So you could declare medical bankruptcy if you don't have coverage on the 20% you owe out of pocket with original Medicare. That red, white, and blue card only covers 80% of your medical expenses. To get coverage for the other 20%, you would need to choose Medigap, which is also known as Medicare Supplement, or a Medicare Advantage plan. Yeah, that's uh, the big question you're, you're probably wondering is, which one's best for me? And I think the right. for me part is really a good thing to keep in mind, which usually people just say, which one's best? And they actually, the actual answer is which one's best for me. So walk us through, how would you help someone make the decision between a Medicare Advantage and a Medicare supplement or Medigap plan? It depends on what's important to you. So if you value the most comprehensive coverage and having flexibility and peace of mind, then I would say Medigap is right for you, as long as you can afford the premiums, which are higher than on a Medicare Advantage plan. If you prefer having the lowest costing plan and you don't go to the doctor very often, then Medicare Advantage might be right for you, but there are some restrictions on it. Unlike Medicare, which has no network restrictions, Medicare Advantage is offered through a private insurance company and it's a replacement for original Medicare. Now, in exchange, it must be at least as good as what you would have received under original Medicare. And it also establishes a maximum out of pocket, unlike original Medicare, but it is managed care subject to network restrictions like an HMO or a PPO. It operates similar to your work provided coverage. Yeah, there's so many ways to go uh, with this. I want to go into a couple of things to to highlight. Um, I think between this Medicare supplement and Advantage uh, is that you're probably used to more of an Advantage HMO PPO type of plan. If you're working for corporate America, you probably have an HMO PPO type of plan and you might be fine with it. The the clients I was talking to just before recording this with you, um, she was saying, I've, I've kind of worked in HR. Like I know how HMOs and PPOs work. I'm in good health. I'm ready to go with uh, advantage for, for her. Uh, but he's saying, I don't want to deal with that. I hated it the 40 years that I had HMOs and PPOs. I can't wait to sign up and get kind of the unlimited options in a way and go with the, um, the supplement, which just highlights and, and they knew it, but I just want to highlight for everyone that there is no such thing as a family plan when it comes to Medicare. If there's two of you, you will have two different insurances, even if it's the same exact company. Like you'll have two plans, two different cards, uh, which gives you a lot of flexibility. So this couple is somewhat typical where somebody might be used to filing insurance claims and stuff. Somebody might uh, want to have the fuller coverage. Somebody might be in different health uh, and that would necessitate or encourage them to have a supplement or an advantage plan. So that's really something to keep in mind is that there is no family plan when it comes to Medicare. You both, if there's two of you, you both have to sign up separately, differently, and and it's helpful. There's maybe some extra flexibility. You can really tailor it to the individual's uh, feelings about health insurance and which doctors they like uh, and and so forth uh, with that. Although your encouragement in the book, which I, I read the book in about an hour, is it really easy, very great to understand. Uh, that's that's a, a wonderful thing. And I'll just highlight that too, is uh, everyone that's listening live, uh, I'm going to email you and I'll send you out the book. So I'll send you out uh, Ari's book. 
But if you're listening through the podcast or YouTube, just email me podcast at kylefp.com. The first three people I email, we will mail out to uh, Ari's book. So you'll get all this great wisdom, really easy to understand. I loved, uh, loved reading it uh, about a week ago and it was really helpful. Um, I think I know a little bit about Medicare, but it really helped me learn even more. So, so thank you for that. That's why I wrote the book. Yeah, you got it. Well, um, to highlight still, what's the way you decide to come ahead or decide which is the best for you on advantage or supplement or which plan? Uh, the three P's you talk about, providers, prescriptions, priorities. What should we be thinking through with providers, prescriptions, priorities when we're deciding on advantage versus supplement or which company, which plan? Yeah, that's absolutely how you should decide. You should use the three P's framework, which is what my team and I use when speaking to clients one-on-one. Your providers are who are the doctors that you see? What are the doctors you would want to see if you developed a chronic condition or got sick? Would you want to come to the Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale? Would you want to go to MD Anderson, the nation's leading cancer research institute in in Houston? Would you want to go to the Cleveland Clinic or somewhere local, perhaps in Wisconsin? Really depends. You need to make sure that if you go Medicare Advantage, that all of your doctors are in network and that the institutions you would want to go to are in network too. Each of the institutions that I just mentioned before wouldn't be in network with a Medicare Advantage plan. On the flip side, if you go Medigap, Medigap has no network restrictions. You can go to any doctor who accepts original Medicare nationwide. So even if you live in Milwaukee and you want to go to Houston for a second opinion, it's no problem. The second P are your prescriptions. What are the drugs that you take? Are they brand name or are they generic? What's the dosage and frequency? And also, what pharmacy do you like to go to? Is it a local one or is it a national chain? Is mail order suitable for you? This will go into figuring out cost control. The third and final P are your priorities. What's important to you? Do your grandchildren live out of state? Do you prefer to spend your winter somewhere a little warmer like Florida or Arizona? If so, the right plan for you is going to be different than someone who's a homebody. Well, it's interesting too, is these providers, prescriptions, priorities, that might change uh, for you personally, and it might change what the insurances cover, right? The provider might go in or out of network. Your prescriptions might be the same prescription, but all of a sudden it's part of the formulary, which is the fancy word for kind of coverage list, or it's not. So that's why you're encouraging, that's, that's a piece where you said, have Medicare work for you. And I think the biggest way to make Medicare work for you is to actually take advantage of the open enrollments that are out there to just this double check. So what should you be looking at every year during open enrollment? The Medicare open enrollment period ends December 7th. The important takeaway for viewers is to confirm or review your coverage before the December 7th deadline. And what you should do in order to review is go through your three Ps, go through your providers. Has your health changed over the last year? Go through your prescriptions. Have they changed over the last year? Or do you anticipate in consultation with your doctor that they might change? And have your priorities changed? Or are they similar to last year? And then go through the plan that you had. What did you like about it? What did you dislike about it? And then set up a free one-on-one consultation with our team. There's no charge to you. And review your coverage for the upcoming year so we can see what's out there and what might work for you for 2024. Because there are also important legislative changes that are going into effect for next year. 
Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I saw one piece of it. You share me with the, another one, and I'm sure there's a lot of them, but what are maybe some of the highlights of what's changing with Medicare in 2024? The biggest change in a generation is going into effect on Medicare Part D. D is in drugs. For the very first time, there's going to be a maximum out of pocket on seniors' prescription costs. Previously, there'd been no maximum out of pocket. Even for 2023, there wasn't one. So some seniors were paying $6,000, $7,000. Some were even paying more for their prescriptions. That's all changing beginning in January. Starting January, there's going to be an out-of-pocket maximum of roughly $3,300 on seniors' prescription costs. And that's actually going down to $2,000 beginning in 2025. Yeah, that's going to be uh, a big help. And we can obviously ignore any politics of who should pay for whose coverage or whatever. If you're on Medicare, it's amazing how much uh, one's personal politics change once you get on Medicare or get on Affordable Care Act. That's just my little you know, sidebar. But if you're on Medicare, here's the rules that are out there. And believe me, it's it's a huge help. Uh, if you're the person on Medicare, that these out-of-pocket expenses are 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 getting capped off, uh, but still, that's two thousand. That's thirty-three hundred uh, a year that you could be paying, and you're. It, it's still important to make that decision of: Am I on the right uh, prescription, you know, drug plan? Am I on the right Advantage plan? Because if you're on Advantage, typically your prescription drugs kind of go with it. So you want to review that prescription drug piece of it uh, with Advantage uh, every year. It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our 5-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com Use the number or spell it out. You'll get there either way. Fivestepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening. And now for the rest of the show. That's right. That's right. My saying is marry your Medigap, date your drug or advantage plan. So your yeah. Medigap is guaranteed renewable as long as you keep paying your premiums. Mm-hmm. Your drug plan adjusted every year because here at Chapter, we save our members $1,100 on average just by taking 15 minutes to review their prescription plan. Same thing goes with their Advantage plan. Review it every year because the three Ps change, your health needs might change, your priorities might change. When it doesn't cost you anything to review it, maybe a little bit of time, maybe calling somebody. Uh, And I would call somebody who's a broker when a lot of times you're responding to ads that are mailed to you, you're calling into AERP, United Healthcare, Humana, you're calling in directly and they can answer any questions about their one particular plan. Uh, imagine all the research you don't have to do uh, if you just talk to a Medicare broker that has access to all the different programs that are out there to say, let's let's not look at the whole level of plans and go from the top down. Let's go from the bottom up of you and let's plug in your providers, your prescriptions, your priorities so that we can let the computers do their work and say, well, based on that, here is the type of plan, here's the insurance company, and here's the plan with that insurance company that saves you the most money or uh, accomplishes you know, the best combo of your priorities and lowest prescription costs and, and having the right providers there. Yeah. And that was a beautiful uh, description of why it 
make sense to work with an independent, unbiased advisor. I should mention that the government's website, Medicare.gov, is a useful resource as well. That's that's a good good point. I've I've used that for years now, and I think one of the best things out there with uh, the government is their Medicare site, where you can plug in uh, things like your prescriptions, especially, and your providers, and really just they tell you what the costs are, which is. Um, Amazing. I'm I'm a big fan of that site. If you don't if you don't want to feel the sales pressure, if you think that's a thing, then at least go to the uh, Medicare.gov site and uh, and do it yourself. And it's it's absolutely free. And like you said, it, when you're talking to you know new clients for your company, there's at least a thousand dollars of savings that you know averages out of. Wow, you you use these medicines, and based on that, this other. Uh, drug coverage. I I got a feeling even the same company, but a different plan within that company might be a different story for you. That's right. And and no one should ever feel sales pressure. That's against Medicare's rules. So if you feel sales pressure when speaking to an advisor, hang up. Yeah. <laughs> Great advice. Uh, I've got a few more questions that uh, come in here. I think this one's going to be important. Uh, because it's a highlight. I was going to highlight this anyway, something that you said in your book, where you can start Medicare Part A and B at different times. Uh, how is that possible? And why would somebody maybe do that? Great point. Yes. If someone is still working or they're on their spouse's insurance and they plan to continue on it past age 65, then in many circumstances, it makes sense to take Medicare Part A, but defer Medicare Part B, so long as yours or your spouse's employer has 20 or more employees. That's critical. If yours or your spouse's employer has 19 or fewer, then you need to sign up for Medicare by way of turning 65. Now, why does it make sense to have Medicare Part A? Because under Medicare Part A, you only have a $1,600 deductible on your hospital stay. So if your hospitalization deductible is more than that on yours or your spouse's work coverage, then you're going to get a benefit from Medicare by setting that cap at $1,600 per stay. Yeah, it gets so interesting and personal. I'm thinking of just a few uh, situations. And it, uh, I've had uh, people say, well, I don't need to sign up for Medicare because uh, I have my retiree coverage. Well, wait a second. Retiree coverage doesn't count. Retiree coverage doesn't count. COBRA doesn't count, you or your spouse has to be actively working, getting the group health coverage from that employer for you to be allowed to defer that A and B. And you you could defer both A and both B. Why might you defer A? It's because you might be somebody that loves the HSA plans where you can put money in, get a tax deduction, take it out later on tax-free, and you're actually making use of it. I've had uh, a lot of people tell me, I, I, I like my HSA. I, I don't want to sign up for Medicare Part A. When I look into it, they're putting in $25 a paycheck. Like, don't worry about it. You're, you're putting in 600 bucks a year. That's not yeah. enough of a decision point. But I've had others that are maxing out with you know 8,000 yeah. a year into the HSA yeah. and they really love it. And I say, you know, you're at that employer. It's above 20 people. You can defer Part A if you want to. And if you're maxing the HSA for them, it, it made a lot of sense. Uh, or I've yeah, got another. Let me go a step further. Yeah, you must, you must defer Medicare Part A if you're actively contributing to a health savings account. Health savings accounts are great; they're triple tax advantaged. Me and my wife contribute to one, but 
we cannot start any part of Medicare if we plan to continue actively contributing to it. Yeah. And and so that's a decision point. Do I go with Medicare Part A or do I keep going with my, my HSA? So that's a, a reason why with your working, remember, you got to be working and getting the health coverage from your actual, I'm working this week, kind of a uh, yeah. health coverage on there. But then there's uh, one got, more thing. Yeah, go for it. There's one more thing, which is if you have a health savings account, it also means you're on a high deductible health insurance plan because a high deductible health insurance plan is required in order to contribute yes. to an HSA. Do the math here on whether it makes sense to continue on that high deductible health insurance plan, which could be a six to $10,000 deductible, which you need to meet before your coverage kicks in, or whether it might make sense to transition to Medicare, where the deductible for 2024 is going to only be $240 per year. So compare what is actually in your best interest. Yeah, and I like how you said do the math because uh, I've got a theory that you ought to learn the math, you ought to do the math, and usually it tells the answer. Just f follow the math, right? If you are uh, relying on hearsay, you might not necessarily get the right answer, but once you take the time to learn what the math is with HSAs and deductibles and out-of-pockets and things with, um, with Medicare and you kind of run those numbers side by side, there's probably a pretty clear answer of, okay, I am better off to stick with the HSA or I am better off going with uh, the part A, which you know kicks out my HSA. And then I'm still working. And do I go with part B or, or with the company health plan where you've got that part B premium or you've got the company health plan um, or maybe you have both, right? Just run the math over, uh, over all of it. And so the example, the question I had was somebody that's, um, earlier this year, they were turning 65. We helped them to uh, turn on part A and we were having them wait on part B. So she's asking where uh, if she stops working, right? So she's already 65. She's already on part A, mm -hmm. but she knows that when she stops working, she'll have to turn on uh, part B. So if she, if she stops working and she needs health insurance on April 1, uh, when should she sign up for part B? So April 1 is her kind of um, no more health insurance date. So the time to sign up would be in January. There you go. Three months ahead of time. That's the answer for a lot of things, even though, and I think she was looking online, she saw you have like eight months afterwards, a special enrollment period. Like she doesn't have to sign up April 1, but why would you not, <laughs> right? Well, the issue is you wouldn't be actively working. And then you would have a gap in coverage and you wouldn't have health insurance during the interim because Jeremy, as you mentioned, Cobra isn't creditable. Yep. Yeah. All right. I like this. So three months ahead of time seems to be the uh, answer for just about everything. And, and it matches up with social security where often you should sign up for social security three months ahead of time, just so that you can um, kind of get in the system, get the way that you want to be. Although just to, I think, finish up this, this conversation of, of Medicare, and I mentioned Social mm -hmm. Security, a lot of people have this belief that Social Security and Medicare are exactly the same. Uh, and it's it's interesting because they're they're not exactly the same, but it is they are kind of connected on there. So just tell us a little bit about how Social Security and Medicare are connected, but your decisions don't have to be relied upon to say, do everything at the exact same time. Yeah, so it's on the same application form. The application form asks you if you want to start Social Security. It separately asks you whether you want to start Medicare. Some people 
choose to start both at the same time. But as Jeremy mentioned, you don't have to. You can decline to take Social Security. Perhaps you're waiting until your full retirement age or maybe until age 70. That's totally okay, even if you intend to start Medicare at age 65. Yeah, I'm writing down here that your A and B for Medicare could be separate start times. Your Social Security and your Medicare could be separate start times. You and your spouse could start Social Security or Medicare at different start times. It's it's interesting. A lot of people feel like we got to do it together. We got to do it on retirement date. We got to go at 65 or 62 or the different ages out there. My encouragement when it comes to things like retirement is you should retire when you want to and you can't afford to. And my idea on things like uh, Medicare are you should take Medicare when it makes the most sense for you financially. And you know, there's the rules out there about the you know turning 65 and the 20 plus employers and and doing the math there on which one's the best for you. And when it comes to Social Security, uh, you should take Social Security when it gives you and your spouse the most chance at the most lifetime income. So I guess those are all somewhat related, but they're not all exactly the same where you have to do everything exactly the same. And that, that's a, a drum I think I'm going to beat for a while because everyone kind of feels like I have to take Social Security the day I retire. I have to take Medicare when I take social security and I have to take social security when I take Medicare. And like, these aren't necessarily um, 100% absolutes, right? They're somewhat connected, but they're not absolutes. That's right. Yeah, awesome, good. Well, I like hearing from the Medicare expert that I, that I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Excellent. Well, I've got one more question for you, Ari, but before that, tell us what's the best way to reach out to you? So the best way to reach out to us is to visit our website, askchapter.org, or you can call us toll-free at 888-487-2023 to get help from our team of licensed Medicare experts. And there's no charge to work with us. That's great. And of course, if you'd like more ideas on how to avoid big retirement mistakes, uh, go ahead right now, click the subscribe button uh, below. All right, final question for you, Ari. Tell us something about yourself that few people know about And remember, this podcast is rated clean. Something about myself that few people know about. Jeremy, I I don't have a a great answer for you on the spot. I feel like my friends and family know just about everything about me. I guess when you uh, write a book, you become an open book. Although tell me, uh, you mentioned you're from Chicago, but you live out uh, out west. What, What brought you out there? My wife is a professor of rocket science at ASU. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, her mind is in space. And she's had that dream since she was nine years old. So it's amazing to move out here to Phoenix and watch her on her mission to Mars. Oh, that's so fun. That's great. I had a one-week internship at ASU in material science about 25 years ago. And so... um, I was out there. I got to I got to live that dream for about a week. <laughs> That's awesome. What type of material science? Uh, Twenty five years ago beats me. Now my head's full of Social Security and Medicare facts. <laughs> yeah, but it was uh, it was fun. I was a, yeah. I was a physics major, uh, and then I was planning on going into the the military, uh, but that hurt my back. I couldn't uh, do that. And then my mm. my aunt said, "You're good at math, and you uh, you like helping people. You should go uh, become a financial advisor." And she was right on. So you've been a financial advisor for the past 25 years on your aunt's advice. 
Yeah, yeah, twenty years because that was yeah the beginning of a uh, college is when I went to ASU for a uh, for a week there. But yeah, twenty years as a financial advisor. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing how that can work out and how one moment can shape everything else that comes after. Yeah, that's exactly it. Awesome. Well, enjoy your time in the uh, the sunny west at ASU um, with your your wife being a rocket scientist, and of course you're helping everyone with uh, Medicare. And thanks for for coming on. I want to mention again that. Uh, if you want a copy of Ari's book about Medicare, it's not that complicated. The first three people that email me, podcast at kylefp.com, I will send that book out to you. And if you don't make the first three, that's all right. We'll, uh, you'll have a link in there so you can buy Ari's book and um, on your own there. But uh, thanks, Ari, for coming on out. This has been very informative about, uh, about Medicare and, and simplifying it all for us. Thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you'll feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. This was another great episode of the Retirement Revealed Podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to automatically get our latest episodes. If you liked our show and want even more, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. Please go to retirement-revealed.com to learn more and send us your questions and feedback. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners, Thrivent, or its affiliates. The guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by Thrivent Advisor Network. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal accounting or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have with your investment planning. Advisory persons of Thriven provide advisory services under a doing business as name or may have their own legal business entities. However, advisory services are engaged exclusively through Thrivent Advisor Network LLC, a registered investment advisor. Kyle Financial Partners and Thrivent Advisor Network LLC are not affiliated companies. Information in this message is for the intended recipients only. Please visit our website, www.kylefp.com, for important disclosures.